This is a podcast from Minute Media. We look at Carson Wentz like he's this, you know, he's the next coming of some, and he hadn't really performed in years, whether he's been injured or he just doesn't perform well, but you have to beat a Jacksonville team um, or you don't deserve to go to the playoffs. And that's, that's sort of the way I feel. You have to execute, go out and play well. And, and, and he didn't get it done uh, this past week. Some of those picks he threw was just horrible. I probably could throw better passes than that, so. With the playoffs right here for you, we've got the Super Bowl champion, Orlando Pace. We've got the longtime New York Jet, the seven-time Pro Bowler, a man who is familiar with this level of football, Nick Mangold. <laughs> Gentlemen, we have waited all season. Orlando, congratulations, by the way. You finished up the year 26 and 26, a huge recovery, although we are, of course, gambling throughout the playoffs. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Nick, you won the regular season championship. Henceforth, you are the MVP of our regular season betting. Congratulations. Any thoughts that you'd like to tell everyone? Uh, you know, it was just, it was all about the team. Um, you know, everyone came in, lunch pail, really grinded it out. Um, it was great team effort, and uh, we look forward to coming back next year defending our title. Yeah, and for the record, Nick uh, came in at 29-22-1. Orlando was 26-26. and 26. We had our first push this week, which was in the wild uh, Raiders and Chargers game where uh, somebody on the show, that would be me, uh, fell asleep in the fourth quarter because I thought it was over. Congratulations to uh, one of the great football games of all time that I had to watch on, on the back end. But that's okay. Let's make, some, let's make some bold predictions to start out here. We're looking at somebody in perhaps a wide open NFL to make a run and win the Super Bowl plus 1000 odds. So here are your options. The plus 1000s are the Cowboys, the Bengals, the Cardinals, the Patriots, the 49ers. If you really want to go deep, the Raiders are plus 5000. The Eagles are plus 5000. The Steelers are plus 6000 all at uh, winbet.com. Nick, since you uh, are our one seed in the gambling world after the regular season, I'll let you start off here. Who who do you got as a as a deep deeper underdog pick to make the big run? Oh, here's what I love about the playoffs is that you know it, it's like a whole brand new season and we start fresh. Um, you know th these teams are coming in. There's so much more scrutiny going on. There's going to be so much more media presence. Um, and so like the playoffs, it, it's just a different animal. So you look at all these teams that are all, all over plus thousand. Um, you know the Steelers. You said were plus six thousand. That's one where you can see like they have this kind of chip on the shoulder. Said, hey, we weren't supposed to be in here. Like, let's make a run at it. Let's let's do this. Mike Tomlin can run with that. Um, you know, I, I find that plausible. Like when you look at playoffs and you look at the storylines of, of how things go. Um, the other one I'm looking at is the Raiders. Uh, they're another one. You know, a scrappy team. Um, started out strong, had some issues with Gruden, um, you know, some player issues off the field, really brought it back together and, and, you know, is coming into this playoffs. I'm feeling hot. You know, I think, I believe they went into Indian one and then they go and have that wild game, uh, to finish out the season. So, you know, they're coming, they might be, you know, hitting that stride right at the right time. So those are the two big ones. If you're looking for a value of potential. I mean, I know big Ben is not who he was, but I feel like there's something to be said. Like, listen, they didn't want us in this playoffs. I remember, I think it was my, 
I think it was 2009, you know, that was one of Rex Ryan's big things. He was like, they didn't want us in here. You know, teams are scared to see, or maybe it was 2010. Teams are scared to see us, um, you know, we're able to travel on the road and win. And so that was kind of a mantra thing. I'll, ultimately, we didn't get it done, but at plus 6,000 and sprinkle a little bit on there, not a bad look. That is, Orlando, are you hearing your guys bald the Steelers? <laughs> Wow, Nick, you're going with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Wow, plus I, I know what you're thinking, plus odds, but I don't think Kansas City Chief, they, their road is so tough to travel with Kansas playing, going to Kansas City, trying to beat Kansas City. They hadn't shown much. Uh, you know, they, they kind of crawled into the playoffs a little bit, but I see you. You can sprinkle a little bit on there for six, plus 6,000, and, 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 you know, hopefully they can, they can make a run. But I, I, to be honest, I just don't see it. Pittsburgh's a – uh, you know, that this is a struggle. Big Ben's on his last leg, I think, but, uh, you know, plus 6,000. I don't see it. <laughs> I don't see it. I, I'm with you. Like I, I, but I do think, like, when you talk about playoffs, there's storylines. There's, you know, it, we talk about it all the time. The NFL is the greatest reality show ever. Why not have Big Ben come in and all of a sudden, you know, he's rejuvenated. And, you know, this yeah. is his last hurrah. Hey, one thing I'll say about this – you know, one thing I'll say about this league, man, it, it's it's so wide open. Any technically anybody can win it if they can't get on a hot streak and and you know ro- roll off three you know hot games. Uh, but for me to get back to the original point, I like the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, just watching them play my Rams last week, they're they're physical at the point of attack, man. They run the ball, they play good D. Their offense and defensive lines uh, kind of control the game, so they can go you know they can go into Dallas and possibly beat the Cowboys this weekend. Uh, but yeah, I think I think just because they're built uh, to run the ball and stop the run and, and play good defense, I think they got a chance to make a run. I just think it's very interesting that this is full circle. You're teeing up 2010. Jets make a run to the <coughs> AFC Championship game. Y- you lost a Big Ben and the Steelers. I I could see I could see it crawling across your face right now. <laughs> uh, and, and and they you know then then they went to lost to the Packers in the Super Bowl. Uh, I. It's kind of amazing that he's still going, right? I mean, this is this is this is it. But 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 the tip of the cap to Big Ben and company, I guess. Yeah, definitely. You know, I think I don't. I don't know. I mean, I still look at you have the Packers, and I still think Kansas City, and it seems like the easy way to go. Um, but for that feel-good story of a guy finishing out his career, coming in, you know, limping into the playoffs, maybe they, you know, find that spark. I don't know. I think for plus six thousand. You put, you know, a quarter of a unit on it just to have a little fun and you, you make a run. That's, that's not a bad thing. Well, right. And this is this is Nick Mangold gambling extraordinaire. You, those things, all of a sudden, you might hit a 13-team parlay. You never know. Uh, and it makes it a more entertaining for you. Saturday, <laughs> Sunday, and Monday. We'll get to the NFL schedule in a second here. Hey, Orlando, top two seed, Packers, Titans, Bucks, Chiefs. Who loses first? I mean, I think there's an easy call here, but maybe you go off the board. Who are you taking? You know what? I think that the Titans, just because I don't, you know, um, you know, I don't know how Derrick Henry comes back. I think everybody's looking. He's going to come back and, and and make a run. But I think the Titans, for me, and I think Mike Vrabel did a great job coaching this season. I just think when they're going into that matchup, whoever they may face after that the first week, the bye, uh, you know, obviously they, they it could be a tough change because there's so much happening. I know they've dealt with some injuries. I just don't see them. Uh, they could be probably, possibly the first team to lose out of those four. Yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement here. You know, you look at 
they get the bias and they get that rest and everyone's kind of banking on Derrick Henry coming back and being the same Derrick Henry. Um, I know he'll have the fresh legs. So that helps, but it, you know, is there that rust factor to it? Um, and you look at the teams that potentially could be coming. If you took all the favorites, um, you know, Kansas city, Buffalo and the Bengals, like that's a murderous row of teams coming at you. Um, and, you know, and they're, and those three teams are now battle tested in the playoffs. Uh, while well, you've been sitting at home watching everything. So um, I feel like they're the ones that out of those four, I feel like they're the ones that have the uh, the best chance of getting out early. So let's just talk playoff mentality because you, you both have been in, in different scenarios, underdog versus, hey, we're expected to go out there and win. And and you touched on it, Nick, like, okay, you know, the Steelers playing with house money, the Raiders playing with house money. The Bengals, the pressure of being a, a favorite, and you haven't won a playoff game since 1991, and there all that talk in the city that week. Uh, what what's the difference where you don't have anything on you versus you have everything on you? Does, is that a big factor in these games in your mind? I got to go to Orlando. He's the favorite to start, I believe. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For for me, when just you know, obviously we played in a couple years where we felt like we were the favorite to win it, win it all, and for us. That I can remember the first week going in, um, our main focus was really attention to detail. Like our focus intensified a little bit. Guys were walking around the building, just more more focused on our job at hand. And our coach always, always, you know, I remember his mantra, it's all about us. It didn't matter who we were playing, but we, were, we, would, all, we would all intensify our focus. We knew there would be more distractions, more media, more everything coming in that week. And we knew we just had to go out and do what we had to do, uh, what we've been doing that, that got us to that point and made us favorite. So we just focused a little harder that first week, what, what, all throughout the playoffs, just focused harder, paid closer attention to detail and went out there and tried to win the game. So we didn't feel, we didn't really feel the pressure of, of you know, the outside world and, and what we could do and what we couldn't do. We just wanted to go and focus and do uh, our job and, and, and try to win a ball game. Maybe this is two in the weeds, Orlando, but do you remember a different mindset going into first Super Bowl versus a second Super Bowl having been there? I, w- I will say it's a little different because we had been there a couple years ago. We, you know, we were riding high. Our confidence were high. We, we actually played the Patriots earlier that season and we beat them. So, you know, going in, uh, facing the backup quarterback in Tom Brady, hey, we, our, I mean, our confidence was on a million at that point, man. We just knew we were going to go and roll out and, and win that ball game. I think we were a 14 point favorites at the time or something like that. So, uh, you know, we just, we had been there before, you know, we're, we weren't probably as nervous as, as our first Super Bowl, but, you know, obviously we, we wanted to go out and win that game. We thought we'd win that game uh, by a lot, actually. So. And, and Nick, there's some talk about curse this week. The Bo Jackson curse is making its way around Cincinnati since they, you know, since they haven't won a, a playoff game since uh, they beat the Raiders in 91 and you, you playing in the biggest market, in the country in New York and there's always are, are the jets going to finally get over the hump? Did that, did that, do you think that impacted the locker room? Um, no, I don't think so. You know, everyone always talks about the Joe names curse. Uh, you know, he kind of sold his soul to get that uh, Super Bowl win uh, down to Miami. Um, and so it, it's just, it, you, you kind of feel it, but the way that we went through it, especially in Oh nine, um, where Rex's math was a little off. And after we lost to, I think it was Kansas City or the Texans, uh, said, all right, that's it. You know, season's over. There's no way to make the playoffs. Wake up the next morning. And there's some crazy route for us to make the playoffs. 
uh, and everything kind of just fell in the line uh, that we were able to sneak in. You know, we always had that underdog mentality, and it was kind of one of those things where we didn't have pressure. I mean, we had pressure from our own fan base that they've been, you know, longing for another Super Bowl win for so long. But as far as national pressure, like, well, the Jets are going to lose anyway, so it doesn't matter. You know, whatever team we're playing is just getting ready for the next week. Um, and so we had that chip on the shoulder and, you know, that, um, that carried us, we, you know, we were able to, to go far as I think we were six seed 2009 and then a five seed 2010. Um, and it was just, it was one of those things where, you know, we always went into the game. It was like, listen, they don't want to play us because they're worried that they're going to lose to, you know, the lowly jets and they're going to have to deal with that. Um, and so, it, you know, we were rolling through. Um, unfortunately, once we got to AFC championship games, you know, we always joked afterwards, many years afterwards, that if we had, if we could take the first half from, um, our Indianapolis Colts loss and our second half from our Pittsburgh Steelers loss and put those together, we'd be in a Super Bowl. Um, but unfortunately that's not how it worked out. And, um, but you know, it was, it was a fun run and it was neat. Like being, going through the playoff, I remember we beat, um, San Diego and we flew back home. And I think we landed somewhere around 6 a.m. in the morning or so. And the Empire State Building was still lit up, you know, green and white. And, you know, that was that was pretty neat to see. You see it as you're coming to Newark. So there's, there's so much more elevated to the playoffs. Um, it, it's so exciting. Uh, I'm excited that we're here. I love it. And we've mentioned this on the show, by the way, I, you know, just, just over here. I, I, I don't judge you just by – how many Super Bowls, how many championships, MLB, NBA, the, the, those who got, who got closer were in the grind, you're, you're right there as far as I'm concerned. Dan Marino, I'm talking to you, talking to a million uh, and, yeah. and, and to, my Chicago, to my Chicago Bulls of the 2000s, Derek Rosen, Joaquim, no, I got you on my mind right now. But okay, let's, let me get back on track here. Uh, let's talk about the schedule here. Monday night, we're going to have the Rams and the Cardinals, and they're going to turn around and, hey, you play next Saturday. Like, I get it. It's all about money at the end of the day here, Orlando. But would that piss you off if you're a player that, hey, look, someone playing Saturday, I'm playing Monday. This, it, it's not the same. This is, it doesn't seem right to me. Yeah, it doesn't. Uh, when you look at playing on a Monday night game and, and you could possibly have to travel uh, that next weekend on Saturday, uh, you know, obviously it's late in the season. Every team is banged up for the most part. And, and all those days matter. So, you know, obviously if you, if you play on a mon late Monday night, tough game, and then you have to, you know, jump on the road. It, it makes it difficult. You need that extra day of recovery. So I wouldn't like that at all. I like to keep the same schedule, either play on a Saturday or Sunday and have the same break or the same rest period as, as any other team that I could be facing in the following week. So I wouldn't like playing on Monday night. I, I do understand this is a business. And, uh, you know, obviously they're, they're going to get that television money because it is a Monday night. So, uh, but, you know, from a player standpoint, I don't, I wouldn't like it at all. So. Yeah, it's definitely a quick turnaround. You look at Arizona, um, you know, if, if they win, they potentially could be traveling then to Green Bay. And Green Bay, who's had the um, the bye week in there, so they're fully rested. And now you're going from Monday, late night Monday game, you know, where you've already traveled to the Rams, um, getting home, going through your week, and then having to travel to Green Bay. And I believe the NFL has a rule that you have to be in – the um, playoff city 24 hours before the game. Um, so it's not like they can short their travel and, and you know, try to elongate it. Um, they have to be there. So I, I think, you know, just it really 
it's crazy that it's only one team. Like, I'm surprised that they didn't do a doubleheader Monday night uh, because I feel like it puts the NFC at a disadvantage um, because the AFC doesn't have to worry about it. Yeah, I didn't think about that, Nick. When you look at AFC, NFC, you got that. If you're an NFC team and it has to play on that Monday night, you feel really slighted because, you know, I, hopefully, and I don't, I, don't, I don't think they're doing it the following week, but why? I wonder why is it that the, that the NFC has that Monday night game and the AFC doesn't? That's a good question. And for our gamblers out there, would you be looking at this as a factor? Uh, I think so. It depends on who wins, though. I think, you know, when you look at that week of preparation, and Nick knows this as a player, you know, you, you, you get back home on a Tuesday. You, know, you really only have, you know, two or three days to, to prep for a, a Green Bay team that's the number one seed if you're an Arizona team. So, and then travel. So it, it just makes it a very difficult week. Uh, let alone probably going against the best team in the conference. So as a better, absolutely, I would look at rest period, uh, travel, all that schedule stuff just to see are these guys going to be ready to play come Saturday. I mean, you look at it too, both the other the other two potential teams that could be traveling to Green Bay are playing Sunday. So there's still going to be a shortened week Sunday to Saturday. Um, you know, I, I think you would look at it, and especially if the if Cardinals win – I'd be looking to probably go heavy on the Packers because that team is going to be tired. And maybe, um, you know, maybe the Cardinals take it as a, a badge of honor and say, hey, listen, they put us in a bad spot, uh, but we're still going to go out and do this. Um, and, you know, especially at this point, too, you're getting away from a lot of hitting in practice. Uh, so the walkthrough and everything isn't bad. It's just it, it's those veteran teams that you need. Um, guys need their rest and you have your routine and now this is kind of messed up your routine. This is something that most teams haven't done going from a Monday night to a Saturday. Um, I think that's kind of a, a, a new nuance to it um, where it's longer than a Thursday night game, but it's shorter than your usual Monday to Sunday. So um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, I, I'm intrigued. There's still plenty of other scenarios that play out where Arizona still wins and they don't have to green Bay don't have to go to Green Bay. So um, it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. We're here, by the way, at, at Big Man Bets to honor all playoff teams, including the biggest surprises that got in this year. Forget about winning the Super Bowl, just the accomplishment of getting there. Uh, Nick, if somebody had said to you, pick between the Steelers, the Eagles, the Raiders, the Patriots, throwing the Niners, the Bengals, um, Biggest surprise or, you know, that, that actually made it to the playoffs. If you had looked at the start of the year, Hey, one of these teams is going to be in the playoffs. Which one would have surprised you the most? Um, you know, I think easily the easy pick is the Patriots just because rookie quarterback, that whole thing. Um, but the one that still gets me is the Eagles. Uh, before the season, I wasn't expecting much. And then once the season started, you know, they did not, did not start great. Um, and so it was, you know, the Cowboys are going to run away with that division. Um, and I didn't, I didn't think the Eagles were going to get a, a wild card spot, um, but yet here they are. Yeah, yeah. For me, for me, it's Pittsburgh. Um, just everything that was going on. I know Big Ben was, you know, late in his career, uh, but but really by process of elimination. When you look at that division, when you had Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrows, you thought the Browns were going to make a run. For Pittsburgh to still emerge out of that out of that, that division and be and make the playoffs and they looked awful at times throughout the year 
Uh, I didn't have I didn't have a ton of expectations for the Pittsburgh Steelers and what they could do. Their offensive line was in shambles uh, behind the aging quarterback. So uh, for them to make it into the playoffs, um, you know, is is a pretty tall feat. Can anybody explain what Mike Tomlin does so well that they literally just they don't play under 500 football? They go to the playoffs seemingly every year. I mean, the guy has just been unbelievable. We talked about him last week, but uh, it, Nick, is there like a this is really the key to his success to you? Um, you know, I think it's the connection he makes with the players. You hear guys all the time talk about, you know, their relationship with Coach Tomlin, and you know that's. I think that's a that goes a long way, and obviously he's a great coach. You know the X's and O's. The coordinators do a great job there, um, but in the end, you know his players play for him, uh, which I think goes a long way. Yeah, yeah. I think over the years, I think the word I would probably use is accountability, man. Um, if he, and I don't know him in a locker room setting. I met him a few times, but just the accountability. He's a matter of fact guy, at least in his pressers. I think that that wins his players over. They respect him as a coach. He doesn't seem like he he BSs them throughout the throughout the season. He tells them how it is, treats them like grown men. And I think as players, we all respect guys like that, and and we would love to play for guys like that. And that's why you see guys landing on the line for him uh, every Sunday. Yeah, and then we're gonna flip side here as we look at the playoff field. Biggest disappointment, and maybe some guys in the locker room looking at the coach, uh, perhaps uh, specifically in Los Angeles with the Chargers. Uh, bigger disappointment, Colts or the Chargers? And it was a very interesting way for the Chargers to go out. But the Colts, I mean, you're losing to the Jaguars, that, that's just brutal, Orlando. So who's your bigger disappointment? Well, you know, I've been riding this Colts bandwagon for a few weeks now. Uh, <laughs> thought they could really do some big damage in the playoffs. You know, when you're when you're going down to, to Jacksonville, who's been getting, you know, you know, manhandled for the past three or four weeks and you just lay a lay a egg. You know, obviously somebody has to take accountability for that. Carson Wentz didn't play well, but the head coach, you got to get guys ready. It's a team that, that you have a chance to go in the playoffs and make some noise in the playoffs. And you just couldn't do it against a Jacksonville team. You just had to go down and win a game. And they couldn't do that. But uh, so somebody, you know, that, that for me, that has to be the biggest disappointment because they had all the pieces to the puzzle. They had a run game that was strong. Their defense played strong. They just couldn't beat Jacksonville. So, uh, you know, I think they're probably the most disappointing team uh, from my standpoint. I would say mine would be, I got to go with the Chargers. Um, I never put a, a bunch of stock into the Colts this year. You know, I'm not a big Carson Wentz fan. I, I didn't think he'd be able to put him over the top. I was impressed by the way uh, Jonathan Taylor was able to run the ball. Um, so that did give some life to it. And I do like their offensive line. Um, but when you look at like, I'm a big fan of Justin Herbert um, and the way that he plays the game and, and how he slings it. So I thought it would be fun to see him in the playoffs. Um, and I, I much prefer seeing him rather than Pittsburgh, um, just because I think it, it would be more electric. Like, you know, I, I feel like Pittsburgh, if they win, it's going to be, you know, nine to six um, because they played, you know, solid defense, whereas uh, the Chargers just go out slinging it all over the place. Um, so I, I, I for me, I'd rather see the Chargers in there. So that's my biggest disappointment. Do you, do you put it all on Brandon Staley, Nick? Your Rex was uh, on TV at ESPN saying that this guy thinks he had a triple when he was born on third base. 
Uh, I don't know what 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 what's what's go, going on. Excuse me, microphone. What's going on in that locker room? Because on one side he's like, you know, offensively, hey, let's go for it on fourth and one. I believe in you guys and on on our own nineteen. But then we don't get it, and then he's like, well, we have the right play called, and and these guys just we just didn't we didn't we didn't pick it up. So I, I don't know what that looks like, but there's got to be some side, you know, people looking around like saying this this guy uh, might not be the best for us. I'm I'm not sure. I, I think it all depends on that. It, when he made that play call on fourth and one at their own 19, um, I think it all depends on what the guys looked at each other like in the huddle. You know, if it was like, what are we doing? Um, who goes for it on fourth and one in their own 19? Or if it's a, you know, hell yeah, our coach believes in us, let's go get this thing. I think that is more dependent on, you know, what gets said about the result and, you know, bl- placing blame and everything. Um, if they truly believe that, hey, you know, this was a great call and, and we're pumped up to do it. I know in my head, um, unless there was, you know, some kind of other circumstance going on that I, I can't even imagine. Um, if a coach call, if, if we get to fourth and one, and we start jogging off the field, and he's like, "No, go back on there." I feel like, yeah, no, get the punt team out here. Um, I, it just it it would be difficult for me to understand um, that rationale. But maybe maybe that's their team. Maybe they were all jacked up. You know, the offensive line was excited. Like, listen, they put he put his faith in us. Let's go out there and do this. So I I think it I think that's what matters more than hey, listen, we had the right play call um, and it just didn't didn't get done. Because there's no play ever designed to get one yard. Um, every play is designed to score a touchdown. Whether or not that happens depends on the execution and what the defense does to you. Um, so I, I think when, when you look at it that way, you can always say, well, you know, the play was it was a great call. It just wasn't executed. I think that could go for all 65 other plays that aren't touchdowns in a game. You know what? For me, that was that was a horrible call. But for me, just watching the game Sunday night, overtime, he make, he calls timeout as the clock's running down. And I think the Raiders, the, the way they were looking, like, hey, they could they, this thing could end in a tie. But he decided to call a timeout for whatever reason. You just never know. And I think the Raiders had a change of heart to go ahead and go for the win. So I was looking, why, why, I don't understand why you call a timeout in that situation. So a lot of it has to fall on his shoulders in terms of why they didn't make it to the playoffs. You know, Orlando, though, left tackle, that's you. That's you. Fourth and one on the 19. We're going for it. What do you think you'd be thinking in the huddle? Let's do it. You know, obviously, if the coach called to play, let's do it, man. We got to do it. But I'll be sitting there thinking, what are we, what are we thinking? You know what I mean? As a person, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, you know, you, you're the ultimate team guy. So you're like, all right, he, 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 drew up, he drew up a power play. Let's, you know, whatever it might be, let's go execute and get it done, you know, but. Sometimes you're thinking like this guy has it doesn't have a clue. And I've been in the locker room before where you're a veteran guy, you have a young coach, and you realize as you're sitting in some of those team meetings, man, this guy doesn't have a clue, man. He doesn't have a clue of what's going on. So I wonder if there's some players in that locker room trying to figure out this guy's in over his head in terms of being the head coach. Nick, you're smiling over there. How often were you in the locker room thinking to yourself that this coaching staff is completely clueless? <laughs> or, um, now, see, I, by the time I was older in the league, I never had a younger coach, so I, I never got that experience. Um, 
but I de- there was definitely, you know, a handful of coaches here and there were like, you sure about that? Like, that's what you're going to be coaching. Like that's, that's what you think is, is going to be the best. Um, and I think that was a attrib- What I attributed to was I just became a crotchety old veteran. Um, and you know, like I, I know what to do. I know, I know what other people are supposed to do. Leave me alone. Go deal with these other guys. Let, let's wrap this part of the conversation up. Wentz versus Staley. Wentz the bigger reason that the Colts didn't make it, or Staley the bigger reason the Chargers didn't make it? Orlando, yeah, you're, I mean, you're, you're, you're... Yeah, for me, it's Wentz, man. I, and I didn't have a ton. I like I like the, the Colts as long as they can keep running Jonathan Taylor as much as they did. But if the game ever came in Carson Wentz's hands, I, I, didn't, I didn't have a ton of faith that he would get it done. Um, it's just a matter that these, you know, the league as a whole, we look at Carson Wentz like he's this, you know, he's the next coming of some, and he hadn't really performed in years, whether he's been injured or he just doesn't perform well, but you have to beat a Jacksonville team um, or you don't deserve to go to the playoffs. And that's, that's sort of the way I feel. You have to execute, go out and play well. And, and, and he didn't get it done uh, this past week. Some of those picks he threw was just horrible. I probably could throw better passes than that. So, you know. <laughs> You can tell I'm a little bitter. Uh, I'm a little bitter about that. <laughs> what you say? I I feel like yeah, I, I'm still. I mean, I'm not a believer in Carson Wentz, so I got to go with him. Um, you know, just I, I don't think he was. I don't think he's going to get the job done. Um, you know, I I have. I don't have a problem with coach calling fourth and one on zone 19. If you think that's the best way, the timeout at the end of the game. Um, was a little sketchy. I mean, you don't exactly know what the Raiders are going to do. Um, but I guess, and, and I don't know this for certain, um, but I had heard that he had, he called the timeout because he wanted to substitute and get the right personnel in, but then put personnel in to defend the pass when all, um, all the Raiders have been doing was running the ball. So it was like, well, if you said you were going to do that, but then did the wrong thing, like, is that your fault? Um, you know, I, I don't know. So it's, it's very interesting. You know, I, I think the Raiders at the, at the end of that game, you know, they're, they're going to kick the field goal no matter what, you know, I, I feel like they're going to try for it because they're going to win. They're going to get in either way. Um, and, and so, you know, maybe the timeout didn't even matter. I, I don't know. But when you look at the whole, you know, that team, Carson Wentz, I don't know if Carson Wentz carried that team as much as Jonathan Taylor. Um, and, you know, so I, I feel like, when you need a quarterback to step up and play a great game and he doesn't, you know, I feel like he's got to get the blame. Gentlemen, let's wrap up with, uh, well, before we make our, our picks here, let's wrap up with the coaching carousel. Uh, Joe Judge getting let go yesterday. And of course, uh, I think the biggest surprise was the Dolphins and Brian Flores, uh, Vic Fangio and the Jaguars. Of course, Urban's long gone. Uh, Mike Zimmer and the Vikings, and then Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, both out uh, in in Chicago. Best coaching opening right now. Uh, if if you're the hot candidate that's being talked to by multiple teams, where where do you want to go, Orlando? Ooh, tough. I was thinking I was thinking uh, Chicago initially, but Miami. I think Miami has some legs to make some damage. They they played. Uh, well this year, uh, I thought, you know, Brian Flores probably should have kept his job. I don't think he deserved to lose his job at the time. They got a young quarterback, young nucleus down there in Miami, been drafting early rounds for the past, you know, uh, five, six years. So hopefully some of those those draft picks come up and start playing well. But I think that's probably the best job uh, 
to, to get not only, you know, do they have talent, it's Miami. So you can go down to Miami and live a little bit. Uh, it's a nice weather. So location is also important in, in, from that standpoint. You know, uh, you bring up a great point. I was between um, Chicago and Miami as well. Um, you know, the, the two programs, I was leaning towards Chicago because of Justin Fields. You know, I think that's a, a quality quarterback that you can build around um, and, and you know he's going to be there. So I, I feel like that is it might be the better situation. But then when you talk about location, you're in Miami. You just hop down to the Keys anytime you want. It's not a bad gig. Um, but I'm going to stick with my Chicago pick. You know, I think I think they have a good thing up there. Um, I think that fan base, you know, is really excited about Justin Fields and, and, and what he can bring. Um, so as long as you don't mess it up, uh, it should be a good situation. That's uh, true that Bears fans are very excited that there's a change coming. So someone's going to get some support here. Which is the worst gig? A uh, couple candidates here that you can look at here, Nick. But who, who, what do you think? Like, hey, uh, buyer beware. Don't go there. It ain't going to end well. Um, I mean, the Jaguars is the first one that sticks out. Like, even though you got Trevor Lawrence and, you know, you you're, you got a building team, you know, I feel like that franchise has just been spinning its wheels for a while. So, you know, why is that? And you got to be concerned. The other one is the Broncos. You know, the Broncos up in the air, you know, what's our quarterback situation? Um, you know, we've been searching for one since Peyton. Um, and so it, that one, to me, seems a little dicey of, of what you're coming into. You know, that, that just, I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of unknowns in Denver. Um, and as a, a fresh uh, coach coming in, you know, whether it's someone with experience or not, um, I think you would, I think the Broncos should go with someone with experience. I think that will help them a little bit as they try to, you know, navigate all the unknowns. Um, but I, I feel like that one could be the sleeper, uh, let's hold off. Maybe, maybe we'll look at one of the, some of these other teams before we, we go to the Denver. Yeah, I think uh, for me, I think Jacksonville is the easy one in terms of the worst because they just don't have a ton of tradition and success down there with that franchise. But when I'm looking at it, I think New York, uh, the Giants, you know, obviously they have a, they, they don't know what they're doing with their quarterback, uh, you know, situation. You know, obviously can we keep Saquon Barkley healthy throughout the year, build up that offensive line and get some, some defensive help as well. So, and then the pressure of being in New York uh, is always tough because they have a tradition of kind of winning. The NFC East is a tough division to be in where everybody's kind of getting better and it seems like the Giants are getting worse. So the pressure to win there is is probably uh, higher than most. So I'd just like to see what they do with, with their coaching you know, you know, job. What do they do at the quarterback position is, is going to be a huge question mark for, uh, for them moving forward. Orlando, what's it like... Uh... Uh, on Black Monday, when you're sitting there and your coach comes in at whatever eight in the morning, is like, hey, yeah, hey guys, uh, bye. I, I I gave it my best and appreciate you guys. Go get them. What's what's that like sitting in that room? Uh, it, it's tough. I think uh, you know, obviously, if you don't have a successful season, obviously you kind of know what's going to happen. If he comes in, you know, you know, and 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 says that you're like, hey, you kind of feel bad for the guy because you know I've been in situations a couple of times. Guys are, you know, he's standing in front of the team in tears. And if, if he's a good friend, you kind of realize, uh, you know, hey, um, you know, he has a family, kids and all that also. But then I flip, I flip a little bit and I say, man, these guys have cut tens of, you know, hundreds of people during their, 
their tenure, man. So I can't feel bad for a head coach because they lose their job. Because you've cut, you know, a couple of my buddies and maybe, you know, you, you always tell kids or players, you know, hey, you know, better luck to you. So I don't feel bad for coaches when they get fired as much, unless they're really good friends of mine. Uh, yes. So I had two firings. One was a surprise and one, everyone kind of saw the writing on the wall. So when Rex, Rex was fired, like it, you know, it just wasn't working out with him and the new GM. Um, and everyone, everyone kind of saw it. Um, and so it really wasn't that big. Like, Oh, well, you know, yeah, we all, we all kind of saw it coming, you know, it stinks because Rex is all like, he's a great guy. Um, he's fantastic, you know? And so I knew, like it, it stunk on a personal level, but then, you know, when you look at the business side, you're like, oh, we all kind of saw it coming. Um, when Mangini got fired, we were a little bit more surprised. Um, and I was, I was still a younger player there, so I didn't have a, a true personal relationship with him. Um, but, you know, we had, we'd gone the playoffs this first year, you know, we had a terrible second year. Um, and then third year with Favre getting, you know, Favre in, um, and we had a great year up until Favre got hurt. Uh, and, and, you know, you can pinpoint it when the season kind of turned. Um, and so to see, see Eric get fired when we were on course to, you know, probably a potential first or second seed in the playoffs with the way that things were going, um, you know, it just, I, we were all kind of shocked and it was so quick too. It was just kind of like, yeah, I got fired, um, you know, go meet with your coaches. And so it was just, it was, it was weird and, and everything happened so fast. So. Um, it is, it's difficult. And I think like Orlando said, you know, if you have a, a personal relationship with them, you know, you, you think to the family and everything, but at the same time, you know, I saw, um, you know, you see Alan Fanica get cut, you know, right after drafting somebody in, in the draft and, you know, get that call where you're sitting at dinner. Um, you know, and, and I don't think anyone shed a tear, uh, in the front office after they did that. So I was like, well, why do I need to shed a tear? So. Um, you know, it, it's just, unfortunately, it's part of the business and is what it is. Um, but when you get to the personal relationships, it does make it a little bit more difficult. I love it. We're on this side. You're on that side. I ain't feeling nothing for you because there's got to, the guys, have, there have to be some moments. I don't know if Orlando, if you had any of these were like, thank God, see you later. That, that was, yeah. uh, yeah. And, and then you're, you're kind of excited for the future a little bit when you, when you feel like you have a good team, a good nucleus. Like, thank God the organization decided to go in a different direction. Hopefully, they bring the right guy in next year and, and we can, they can propel us to have some success. So, sometimes there is a form of excitement if you really don't like that guy or you felt like he was over his head. Like, dude, I'm just I'm tired of this, this coaching, you know, this staff. And they, they, you know, so I've been there too. I've been the bitter old vet that couldn't wait for a staff to get out, get, get out of the, the locker room. So, all right, let's, uh, let's make some money here. Last week, Orlando, two and one. So it's a, a winner in the final week of the regular season. Nick was one, one and one. And again, with the records, Orlando 26 and 26. Nick's 29, 22 and one. So Nick, you you did lose last week. And by big man bets, uh, the way we go about our business here, that means Orlando, you're picking first in our playoffs here. Your pick of the week as uh, wildcard round is here. Go ahead. Yeah, for me, I, I'm going with the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs over the Pittsburgh Steelers by 13, plus 13. I just think Kansas City, uh, you know, at home, they feel like they need to get out to a good start. Pittsburgh's been struggling a little bit. I don't think they have much offense to offer. 
uh, especially in Kansas City. So I, I feel like it'll be a, a route uh, with Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes and their team will, will go off on, on Pittsburgh and score a ton of points. Nick, chance to go head-to-head here, buddy. No, I'm not taking it. Um, <laughs> I already have, I've got it written down. Um, and again, I told you to sprinkle the Steelers. I'm not putting all my money on them. Um, I'm going Bengals minus five and a half versus the Raiders. Um, I think the Raiders are a feel-good story, but for some reason, the Bengals are just hot right now. Um, I love Burrow and the, the way that he's playing. So I think the Raiders coming into you know a freezing Cincinnati just isn't a good look for them. And so I'm going with the Bengals. All right. Cincinnati on the board here. Uh, Nick, you're up here. Upset of the week. Who's your dog? Uh, all right. So I'm going to apologize now. Sorry, Orlando. I uh, got the Cardinals plus four versus the Rams. Um, <laughs> the Cardinals have been hot on the road. Um, and so it gives them another chance. It's going to be make it for difficult for them, you know, after the game, you know, for their schedule. But they're still going to go out and get the win. Um, Cardinals plus four. Wow. <laughs> uh, you know what, for me, <clears throat> for me, uh, just San Fran plus three over Dallas Cowboys. I think they <clears throat> they have a defense that can travel. So I think they'll go down. Um, it'll be a much closer game than that plus three indicates, if not flat out win by the San Francisco 49ers. For the record, Orlando did have a chance to pick his Rams in his pick of the week and did not do it. So <laughs> didn't do it. He went with 13 points. With 13 points for Kansas City. And all he, he could have gotten four with the Rams. I did. I did. I, I think someone's feeling a little Matthew Stafford playoff 0-3 nervousness. Uh, Listen, I, look, I, I was on Mather, uh, Stafford early in the year, but he's not much different than Jared Goff, man. And I know McVay has to be sensitive. This. this guy will turn the ball over. So I don't completely trust him right now. Yeah, no, clearly. Uh, as, as Money where your mouth is. You, you, do, you do not. Uh, all right, let's, look, let's just look at the numbers here. Uh, maybe, you, maybe you can get the Rams involved here. I don't know. Where are you going here, Orlando? Over-unders. I am going Rams Cardinals uh, plus 50. I think it'll be a high scoring game. I think both offenses are, are electric uh, in that sense. So I think there'll be a high scoring game. So I'm going over the 50 points. Second biggest number on the board. 51 is the largest with the Niners and the Cowboys. Go ahead, Nick. Um, all right. So this one, um, it, it could go, either, this game could go either way. I don't know. I, I don't see it either way. Um, Buffalo at New England um, set at 44. It could be a blowout by Buffalo. It could be a tight game. Um, I, I just, I don't know, but, you know, I, I will never pick another under again in my life. So I got over 44 um, Bengals, New England. You're going over against Belichick in the playoffs. I kind of think this is uh, driven by your career, Nick. What do you think? Let's, let's go psychology <laughs> no. here. As psychology says, I like uh, I like Josh Allen. I feel like they're going to score points. I think New England's going to have its trick plays. Um, I would look into that for props of you know any any other player scoring a touchdown. I, I like that because they always pull out something or any other player to throw a touchdown other than Mac Jones. You know, I always feel like they they do some sort of reverse pass. You know, once they hit the playoffs. So um, you know, I, I think I think there's going to be points. It's going to be cold. Um, guys are going to run around and, and score points to stay warm. That, that's my goal. 
Well, we're going to say goodbye right now. I, I believe uh, for those watching the video, we've lost Orlando, but Orlando is just apparently off to go uh, get ready for the Rams and the Cardinals. Nick, great stuff. The playoffs are here. Best of luck. And uh, hey, let's see. We're, we're going to make this is the postseason tournament. Mangled versus Pace. We'll see how it goes. All right. We're back at it. I love it. See you guys next week. Big man bets. Enjoy the playoffs.